phone call as soon as the bloody podcast starts. You better answer it on the pod. Oh, I already hung up. It was dad. Doesn't matter. He doesn't listen to this. He went. <laughs> no one does a better unintentional Chris Scott impression than Sam. <laughs> I, I think it's unusual to see a to see a team control the game statistically and, and still not come away with a win. I mean, yes. you, you're a man of the world. You've clearly seen a lot of things that I could scarce, scarcely imagine or comprehend. I've seen a man's head blow to pieces before. Jesus Christ. Sometimes you need to bring in head explosions to really drive home the points that this is serious. Yes, yes, absolutely. I couldn't take it more seriously. You're the first caller ever, Wayne from Warn Ponds. Welcome to the Chaps Chat Cats. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's an honor to be uh, the, uh, the first caller, guys. Uh, well, we're on the subject of, uh, of the podcast, and you guys being just uh, just absolutely stand-up blokes. Yes. You're a pack of bloody morons, all right? You're a pack of morons. Just off the top, can we finally acknowledge that I finally put together the perfect intro? Was it different? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chad Cats. My name's Jake Botel, and I'm joined, as always, by Sambo and Johnny. How are you, lads? Fan-bloody-tastic. Good. It would have been better if you used chaps. I know. That's what I said. I said, lads, what is wrong with me? I don't know. I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. Oh, it's, fuck. A, it's a real insult. To <laughs> I John. know. John takes it real personally yeah, too. Absolutely. He worked. It's like when you go through medical school and people don't call yeah. you doctor. <laughs> John's like, I didn't start a fucking podcast. <laughs> to called, not be called, called chaps. The chaps. To, to not be called a chap. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, my I've got it once. And I've never done it again. I reckon I've literally done it once in the whole podcast. Yeah. The whole podcast. Yeah. The whole run. You know, this reminds me. We should probably start. When we start releasing merchandise, we should probably start releasing chapstick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Chaps, chat, cat. Chapstick. Cat flavoured? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kibble flavoured chapstick. Do you know if I like, is it because I don't know I don't know would, would people want to taste cats? Or is it is it better if they're fans of the cats? That they're the cat and they taste things that cats like to taste. I'm not that cats don't like to taste I cats. I just don't know how it's going to sound when I say I'm just going to put on my chapstick. Your chapstick? <laughs> it sounds it sound exactly like you just yeah. said it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to put my chaps, chaps, chapstick on. Okay. My, my chapstick on. Stick. Okay. My chapstick on. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Like, there's nothing, it doesn't sound, nothing sounds wrong about that to me. No. Everyone needs to chapstick. Just whip out my chapstick. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is it's a, it's something that everybody it's what it's called, Jake. It's called it's a chapstick. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> what are you thinking of? The kibbled flavored chapstick. No, absolutely. Some sardine flavored ones. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's perfect. Chapstick for your lips. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're New Zealand. <laughs> what is it then? What chapstick? Yeah. The same. <laughs> <laughs> It would cost something slightly different, yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Humour all round. Good yeah. bant off the top. Yeah. Yeah. Nice bant. Nice spot of bant. Um, that didn't take long at all. No, <laughs> no not at all. How did we get here? I oh, drove. I, I drove as well. Drove. I say, did did we bring up the half hour car trip again? Yeah. <laughs> How did you get here, Jake? Uh, I drove. How far? Uh, about half an hour. Uh, <laughs> about half an hour. Stuff that. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's all right. It's 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 all right. I don't remember most of it, mm. so they're the best 
I mean, it's, it's worth mentioning for the listeners out there that we're all in the studio, a studio. It's a different studio now. It's not John's lounge room. No, it's... Another studio. So we... An actual studio. An actual studio, but not an <laughs> audio recording studio. So if it sounds better, that's because we're in a studio. If it sounds worse, it's not our fault we're in a studio. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> if it sounds worse, it's not our problem. Yeah. Uh, you can direct, your problem. You can direct your complaints to the producer at... The chaps chat cats at gmail.com and I'll pass those on to Colin and I can absolutely tear him a new one. Yeah. You'll also um, send you a chapstick. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get Ch- Colin to send out some chapstick. Kibble uh, <laughs> flavoured. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Um, episode number 24. Oh, did you just. Did it? <laughs> it is. Episode number 24, but. Episode number 21. Maybe it's 23. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've only done like two episodes. Oh, a few episodes. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Th- maybe I was taking into account the, the Friday Night Live show or something in my head. Oh, maybe. true. Anyway. Is that an episode? No, that's not an episode. That's I think a, that's a completely... That's a that, that was a Friday Night Fight preview. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. It's got some real manliness to it. Wouldn't always it be on Friday night. No. Not the women, women can fight, Jake. 2021. <laughs> Sexist. Had this on my band list. Um, Usain Bolt has had, I think, two kids, twins, maybe. Okay. I don't know if this is a new occurrence or not. Or one of those things where Hotmail's like, oh, Usain Bolt has kids, and it happened like twelve months previously. You still get your news from Hotmail? I don't, but it was <laughs> Gmail. So you know, like you when you're in the... why are you slaying from? Hotmail? When you're then, in the Google, poor old Hotmail's just sitting there in the comfy embrace of. Irrelevance. Yeah. Yeah. You've brought them, <laughs> brought them back to slaughter. It's just sitting there with MySpace. Yeah, yeah. it's like, well, I'm not needed anymore. It's retired. It's I pulled the, it out of retirement. It's off to the. Uh, so it's the, sucker um, punch it. What are they called? The Glades in Florida? Yeah. Everglades? Everglades. Yeah, there you go. If, if social, like, internet platforms were racehorses, Hotmail <laughs> would have been taken around the corner, given some oats, and shot in the head. We've <laughs> got some outrageous <laughs> metaphors for things on this show. Usain Bolt's had two kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where uh, did you get this news from? Yeah. Uh, it was passed to me from a very reliable source. Okay. Um, <laughs> the internet. Um, what do you think he named his kids? Usain Bolt. Gold and metal. <laughs> <laughs> Second no. and third. No. He's Gold first. and silver, maybe? I don't know. One he called Thunder. And the other one, I actually can't remember what he Thunderbolt. called. Thunderbolt. Thunder. Yeah, I can't remember what the other one he called the other one. The other one, put it this way, the other one wasn't lightning. Oh. Come on, if you, that's that's a half measure to me. If maybe you're going to name out. one kid Thunder, don't you name the other one Cloud Lightning? Bolt. Yeah. <laughs> what about Deadbolt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know if you name the kid Deadbolt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably, probably shouldn't. <laughs> it's a half measure, though. If yeah. you're going to name it one kid Thunder, go the other he one Lightning. He obviously had met you and didn't go to full measure. Yeah, but he didn't go to full measure. It's a half measure. Yeah, I mean, although okay. if you... Again, if you call one thunder, the other one lightning, I feel like the one that's not called lightning is going to feel like... Yeah, I'm just the prelude. Yeah. Mm. Great. I'm the one that no one's scared of. Yeah. <laughs> Any other ones that you could name? If you had Bolt as your surname? Or anything. Don't want to call it Andrew. No. Andrew Bolt. Fuckstain. Um, what? <laughs> Fuckstain Bolt? No, 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 no. Definitely not. I'm just thinking Bolt. No, can't think of one. Train? Train, Train Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> let's get on with the show yeah. um, let's go start we're getting off tracks here um, uh, nail nail bolt nut nut bolt nut bolt <laughs> <laughs> hey? I was 
<laughs> you brought it up. All right, Hang episode no, we're, we're honouring jersey number 21. Um, Stan Thomas was the first recorded cat I could find to wear the number 21, wearing it 137 times between 1915 and 1925. Then you've got I feel like we've listened to this before. Yeah, yeah, this feels like yeah, we're stepping into a time warp. Time um, loop. We've got Joe Selwood donned the 21 in 180 games. No relation. It's got a double L. Joe oh. Sel- They took the L from Joel and put it into yeah. the surname. He like sold it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry? Sorry? And there's an E. And there's Selwood. And yeah. Selwood. There's, a, there's two in Joe Selwood and two in Joel Selwood, I think. Isn't Joel Selwood S-A-L? I think he's an E. I think he's an E. I think he's an E. I've got E, mate. Might be an E. Anyway, Joe Joe Selwood (laughs) won 180 (laughs) games and kicked 97 goals uh, from 1930 to 1945. Um, Prepare to be wrong. Jeff Williams was the number 21 (laughs) for the Cats in 121 games from 1952 to 1959. Mark Yates. Or Yeats. Wore it in a oh, fuck all right. hundred. <laughs> I'm <Wow>. shocked. <laughs> I was pretty sure about that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael Mansfield wore it in 181 games. <laughs> You're right, John. <laughs> You're right, John. Oh, come on, Colin. Oh, you can add it later. You can add it later anyway. Yeah. Um, Colin's letting the side down. Bloody Colin. Um, Michael Mansfield wore it in 181 games and kicked 100 goals from 1990 to 1999. Cam Mooney. I was going to get you to guess it. I could have guessed it for sure. Did that first time. I reckon I knew. uh, I reckon I knew. I bet another one's Jordan Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the nice beauty job. of having done the, yeah, one run of this. Um, <laughs> we should have done trivia tonight. Um, yeah. Cam well, Mooney. It wouldn't have made any difference. Cause... <laughs> we would have known then, so we would have to pick another one. It's true. 210 games, 295 goals from 2000 to 2011. And Jordan Murdoch, you, you're correct, John, uh, also wore the 21 in 108 games from 2012 to 2018. Can you guess the AFLW player who wears... The number 21. Yes. Oh, because you've read the show notes. Yeah, Damn it. Well, that's go? Well, do you know? No, go, John. Go, John. Becca Webster. That's no, right, it is. Becky Webster. Vanilla Girl, Becky Webster, um, has worn it 19 times through three seasons for the Catters. Kicked the winning goal against Gold. <sighs> Beautiful. Well, it wasn't goal. a winning goal, was it? The Sealer, really, sealer. wasn't it? The one that knocked them off. All goals are winning goals, really, as long as your team wins. <laughs> <laughs> Clip that off for the um what, 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 <laughs> for the intro. All girls are winning girls. Long girls Channeling, channeling my inner BT. BT or Malcolm Blight. I'm not sure. Both. I'm sure that's what Gary was thinking the other night. No, that was a winning goal. That was definitely a winning goal. Speaking of the other night, let's get into it. Get the tissues out. Um. The Cats played host on Friday night to the Western Bulldogs in a top-four clash. Promised to be one of the games of the season at a wet and slippery Cadinia Park. It was the visitors who... St- I'm sure they could get a sponsorship in there. Uh, K-Y! <laughs> Sloppy arm wrestle. It was the visitors who struck first when Tom Liveratore gold. Just three minutes into the game, but the Cats responded via Jeremy Cameron... Uh, decided to go with a soft J today. Jeremy. Uh, 
just five minutes later as the first quarter ended at 1-4-10 apiece. The second quarter saw the Doggies kick four of the first six goals of the term to have the home side on the back foot with Whiteman, Johannesson and Bruce twice, all finding the big sticks. The Cats, as has been their way most of the season, found another gear when challenged, <laughs> I've written challenged, challenged, and responded <laughs> by kicking the final three goals of the quarter via Hawkins, Dalhouse and Hroen, more on him later, uh, to take a 42-35 to 35 lead at the main turn. The Bulldogs again started swiftly in the second half, kicking the first two goals of the quarter before the teams went goal for goal. Parfitt, Selwood and Radagalia all answering the call to give the Cats a 64-62 advantage at the final change. Gents, the final quarter, as you know, was a nail-biter. Scott and Bontempelli missed early shots at goal to draw the game level before goals to Cameron and Caleb Daniel cancelled each other out and left the game poised at 70-70 at the 12-minute mark of the final term. The Dogs had more chances through Mitch Hannon and Rourke Smith, either side of a Dangerfield set shot, but all three players missed. A Sam Menegola major was almost immediately answered at the other end by Toby McLean after 22 minutes in the final term, which set the scene for a nail-biting final stanza. With a minute on the clock and the ball mired at the wrong end of the ground, Selwood and his cat somehow fought tooth and claw to get the ball down to the forward 50, where Gary Rowan... Took a mark about 45 out, I'd say, on an angle to kick for goal after the siren sounded. The Red Rifle drew his kick back to perfection to send the 7,000 Cardinia Park faithful. That's what it's called in the Red Rocket. <laughs> the Red Rifle. <laughs> the Red Chapstick. <laughs> Get that check. And, um, and give the Cats their 10th win of the season. Sam, I have to throw to you first. <sighs> Because it was you that needed shares in a Kleenex company after the final <laughs> uh, final kick for goal. What what a finish uh, to the night! And I don't know. Talk about the whole game if you want, but if you want to isolate, <laughs> it, oh, fuck it, just, <laughs> just the last goal. If no. you want to isolate in on that moment, but but what a performance under pressure. We may be here a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah settle in, folks. Now look, I won't I won't harp on about the final goal too much uh, oh, because please, please harp on. <laughs> Well, we can all harp on a little bit about it, but it's, it's been pretty much everywhere on the social medias and the TVs and the, I mean, the you're, wireless. You're the... Uh, I keep keep pausing for the Zoom delay. Mm. This yeah. is you seem like you're speaking really fast tonight. But oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm not... <laughs> I'm I'm actually Slow down, Jake. Please. Yeah, please. Um, you, you fixed that starter, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're the resident Gary Rowan man. I we am. We need yeah. your yeah. What, what were yeah. your thoughts? What it, were your thoughts? It's 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 been a, a budding budding romance ever since. Probably to be fair, only uh, maybe the finals last year. It was when we really got into the the Zoom set, the group mm. Zoom sessions, because uh, that was kind of my re-entry back into the uh, <laughs> into the Geelong Cats um, <laughs> after not a hiatus of my fandom, but certainly a, a hiatus of my routinely watching. The games, um, uh, it all sort of taking a back seat for things like parenthood and running businesses, um, and so yeah, there was a he, there was a few Gary, uh, characters coming back into the squad that they were gonna say Gary's, a few Gary's, Gary Guthrie, Gary Stewart, Gary Sel, has been a stalwart of the Cats for a long time. Gary Gary Ablett. Um, 
<laughs> there was a few, but he, yeah, he was sort of, um, I, I always felt like he had potential, like he was a really, always a really solid player, and I think it's not until this season that he's really sort of, and it's specifically this season when Cameron's come along and, and allowed him and Hawkins that breathing room to really reach what is probably his full potential, I don't know, maybe we'll keep getting better. Um, and I was supremely confident with that last kick, which is a weird thing because I was nervous the whole game. Like, absolutely nervous the whole game. But as soon as he took that mark, yeah, I mean, I was super excited once he kicked it, but I just, knowing his, where his kicking's at at the moment, I was, I was weirdly confident that that was going through. Mm. Even, even just off the boot, even though they, people say it started out a bit right and came back, I don't know, I just, it just, well, just good. seemed real good. This is an interview he had after the game. He said he was practising from around those areas, and he said... There's a bit of right to left. Yeah, and apparently, and it, apparently it's something to do with the, the way he drops the ball too yeah. now because with his injured hand, it's slightly different. Mm. It's not quite as straight as it was. So um, even if he did go right to left, he still knew exactly what he was doing. Was he knew what he was doing. He was in, con- in control. Couldn't have been a better finish to the game from my perspective, obviously. But the overall game was uh, just incredibly, Sloppy. In- Sloppy incredibly intense. Incredibly intense. Um, you, you've recapped it very well, Jake, so I don't feel like I need to go into too much detail, but I, I felt like, again, for the second week in a row, it was finals-like football for the Cats game. It felt so, uh, intense and highly skilled, but not in a free-flowing kind of just everyone at the full of their potential. More finals-like in that it was just, it seemed like there was a lot on the line for both squads. When... I mean, sure, there is a little bit of variance with the top, but overall season, there's not much more on that game than no. than your average other game, really. Yeah. You know, the eight's pretty short up, but those yeah. two definitely short up in the eight. Like, at the end of the day, I guess you want to test yourself as much as you can against other teams that you're probably most likely going to come back up against come the finals, but... It didn't, yeah, going into it, I know that we, we kind of had our conversation. We sort of went, there's not much riding on it, really. If we lose, we lose. But it didn't seem like that's the attitude the Cats had, or no. the Dogs. <laughs> yeah, I was going to throw to you, Johnny. Obviously, watch the game at your joint after we did the live show. And <laughs> people should definitely watch our live preview shows of the games moving forward. Please do. Um, which will be on live on Facebook. We like talk a bit, I guess, about... Like, the Cats, we thought, actually controlled a lot of this game pretty well. I, yeah. I know you and I had, you know, lots of chats on the night saying, God, it feels like just an execution in the forward line away from us being able to grab this game. What did you think about overall how, how the Cats played? Yeah, felt like we played fairly well. Like obviously, it was a tough, slippery game. Dogs were playing nearly at their best, I thought, and we were just... Yeah, trying to keep that control, trying to probably control the ball a lot more than what we did last week. Just try and keep it at their hands, because as I was saying in the live show, once dogs do get it moving fast, they can really hurt you. And they did do that a few times, so I felt we were trying to control a bit more. We just, yeah, it was just that thing of we just couldn't get the goals at the right time or get that 450 entry exactly how we wanted to, wanted to, to go. I also felt like that part in with the um, Bulldogs' defence. Like the defence worked really well against us. That they, a lot of times it wasn't just Hawkins 
by himself with another defender. It was Hawkins with two defenders on him, and then it was Cameron with two defenders mm. on him. And same as Gary Rowan. They always seem to be able to just switch really fast to help each other out. But then when you, they did get isolated, they just dominated. And yeah. you know, Gary Rowan was basically on his own in the 450 when he got that last mark, and there wasn't mm. much they could do. I, I feel well, like he, he, was get, certainly, he was certainly only like against one other man. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but I, I do remember him not someone being much of a contest. In, <laughs> someone tried to come in late, but I feel like once Hawkins, Rowan, Cameron... Either of them get their hands on the ball in a mark. It's pretty tough. Well, they're all they all they all they're kicking is incredibly uh, reliable at the moment. Yeah. Probably Hawkins, strangely, being the biggest goal kicker is is definitely the least consistent yeah, with his season, kicking. Yeah. But, but but even then, he's he's you know you you'd put mon- money on most on him kicking most of the yeah. most of the once he's got his hands on it once it's a mark. And he's got his hands on it. He's pretty. He's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty switched on. You but yeah, I thought. I think. I thought that, as you said, their their defense did well. Yeah, and then midfield. Their midfield was what we expected. Mm. Yeah, it was Libba, Bond. Um, who else was there? A bit of Caleb Daniel as well. Uh, McRae. I've got the stats here for you if you want. Yeah, they were the ones that, as we were expecting, they their top five just stood up and mm. really mm. held them home. You all tried to, but I feel like, yeah, they're just missing a few extra other players to get around those guys, whereas the Cats, we'll have to spread it out a lot more. Mm. Well, they had they had some outs. I mean, we had yeah. some outs too, but I think I think outs in a very... The outs of both sides probably affected them, but in different mm. ways. Um, like, I think our outs probably meant that uh, Henry and Stewart had to do a lot more than than usual, mm. um, yep. and O'Connor as well wasn't wasn't tagging. No, I felt I thought so, that was strange. Well, if he was, it wasn't working. <laughs> it wasn't working. Yeah, yeah no, I'm no. fairly I'm fairly certain he wasn't. Yeah, but I'm not sure. So was he? I don't think he was tagging anyone. He was just was, no. was he of, just sort of a roving back? Roving. Like I'm wondering if he was trying to fill in the gap. Mm. Like if Henderson was there, would he O'Connor have mm. been tagging? Maybe because on been. the live show we talked about. The idea of this might impact Blixarv's game, mm. but looking at the stats, like Blixarv's actually had incredible, incredible production. He was um, second highest for the Cats in clearances with mm. nine. Um, so, so I felt like he had a fairly good game. It got around the ground got more around than around I anticipated. Yeah. Like given that we're missing Henderson, and <clears throat> like it's interesting, like just on the midfield thing, like. If you had said before the game, McRae, Bontempelli, Liberatore, all will clear 30 disposals. Um, they had 25 clearances between them. Lib- uh, Liberatore led the way with 11. You would have thought, we'll see how we go, but mm. like it might be in a little bit of trouble. But um, even without Mitch Duncan, you had Patrick Danger uh, and Dangerfield and Guthrie still kind of working back in yeah. from injury. Like you had... Isaac Smith had 30 touches. Joel Selwood had 29. Menegola had 27. Dangerfield, 26. Guthrie, 22. Parfit, 22. Um, Selwood with 10 clearances. Blixar with 9. Menegola, 6. Narkel, 5. And Parfit led the way for the Cats and the whole game with 9 tackles. Like, this midfield that we've got is pretty amazing. And Mm. and it's like... Especially the Blues, Duncan, so early on. Yeah. Major. Yeah, they have me very worried. But I, I I do think that that's yeah as you're saying the the midfield talent we've got and just the squad depth yeah in yeah. general at the moment is that Henderson is a big out 
Duncan's big outs. I'd love them both back as soon as possible. And it affects our game, but it doesn't necessarily hurt our outcomes no. because we we seem we seem to be pretty malleable in s- sort of switching. <laughs> yeah, pretty. switching around just like a really fluid kind of yeah. like it's not yeah. just a swap for swap. It's not Henderson's out, so we'll bring no. back in a like like not Henderson point or point one. Yeah, brought Narkley in a completely different player. Obviously, yeah. to slot in into his position. And and O'Connor probably was the one Got doing part of back. part of Hendo's job, yeah. um, and yeah, I th- I think that's this is your prediction before the game. Well, the, certainly the statistic you pointed to, and I think probably the the edge we had, um, if I'm to look at it really practically, practically is the depth mm. that the dogs still have those superstar players, and they are the players that. Other side of the coin, different night, different ground. They're the kind of players that could lift the rest of the team. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think they have, from what I've seen, I don't think they've got the the consistent depth that our side does. We might not have the superstars to that level, although I think there's there's some that are certainly <laughs> certainly no, getting yeah. up there. Tommy yeah. Stewart uh, amongst them. Um, but our side's so consistent and we work so well as a unit that even if the top, you know, top seven seven disposal getters on the side, on the field, or on the other team, you can be pretty confident that the, the, the next, right. like, huge chunk will be all of ours sort of yeah. thing. It's, well, it's funny, isn't it? Like, Geelong have so long, like, for the last decade, pretty much, been renowned as this side with, you know, this superstar midfield, Selwood, Ablett, mm. when he was here, Dangerfield, you know, they've gone out and got big-name midfield players, and they're almost, you know, a bit top-heavy in the midfield. And, mm. and this year, it's like... The, the 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 midfield is the third mention. Mm. Yeah, you got, you got the big three up forward. You got Tommy Stewart and Henderson and and, and others Henry. down the back, and there's like oh, and the midfield is playing quite well too. I wonder if they're enjoying having a bit of the spotlight off them and just. I think so. It does seem like yeah, like before the game, everyone's talking about how they're going to stop the big three. During yeah. the game, they, they were talking about how how they're going to try and take Stewie out of the game. Yeah. No one really mentioned all those big possession getters for us in the midfield. And, and the, the dogs. Was- they didn't really stop the big three. I think they didn't have as big impact as they normally did, or as they did the last week. But mm. they still had a big enough impact. Yeah. To win the game. Well, I think I think the conditions and and the dogs' defence yeah. certainly lessened the impact of the big three. But, but I think again still... the the depth of our talent in our midfield. You know, we had so many guys like Mangola and Parfit and that come through to kick goals. Smith got one, didn't he? Yeah, Smith. Yeah. Menegola got one. Guys, guys that. Parfit got. Guys that oh don't God, get goals every game, but if they need to, you can pretty much bank yeah. on them being able to do it. I did have that, who, who would keep the extra goals, but it was guys like Parfit, Radigalia, um, etc. Yeah, I have it. Yeah. Selwood, Menegola, Close, Dalhouse, Parfit, Radigalia all had one goal. Uh, Menegola actually had two. Mm. I was going to say about his night... Um, just thinking about, though, you know, saying, how are you going to stop the big three? And then they're talking about Tommy Stewart. All the focus of the, the pre-game talk was on the Dogs' midfield. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? In, in some ways, they remind me, in a lot of ways, of Geelong of yes, previous years, ago. where we have got this massive engine room of a midfield. And I think their back line is pretty good, too, even, even yeah, though they're missing. The but it's interesting, once Norton went from, from the forward line, you, you know, I don't remember there being... You know, when there was the two of them there, Bruce and Norton, they probably gave Geelong a few more headaches yeah. kicking in. Though I, th- I think, you know, my thought going in was that long kicking style 
really suits Geelong's floating yeah. back line. But but I, I feel like once you lose Norton, it's like, well, you've only got Bruce and, and I guess you can float Tim English up there. Mm. Um, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really interesting to me to see how they go. Like, I think that midfield's like an absolute powerhouse. But it, but it was interesting that the, the, the Cats broader cast sort of sort of got the job done mm. on the night ultimately um, oh Menegola was just what I was going to say I feel like he's a guy that we don't talk about enough Tw- mm. just doing what Henderson or nearly what the whole team does just mm. yeah. under the radar I think except for a few big names but we've, we've talked so about him before players. being like he feels like he could have so easily slotted into that Geelong team from back in the day yeah, among, yeah. amongst you your, your Jimmy oh, Bartels and your Enrights <laughs> and your Corys. To me, he's the Joel Corey mm. yeah. of the team. Like he had twenty. 20- I think like we've got about half our team is just Joel Corys. Joel Corys, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Like those that, that really reliable. Like he had twenty-seven touches, six clearances, two tackles, eight marks, uh, and two goals straight and a goal assist, mm. um, and eighty-one point five percent efficiency in the wet. I think um, like a few teams get um, caught out by what other players have got. Like there's mm. Joel Corey type players like Minigola, Henderson, mm. Harford even, Markle. The guys that aren't on, on the um, on the newspaper yeah. headlines all the time. So. You, know, you know, like Gary Rowan, Tom Stewart, Cameron, mm. Hawkins, um, Selwood, Dangerfield. They're always around. And then Henry's, even Brad Close, he's really mm. just jumped up yeah. massively. And I feel like the opposition teams tend to focus on the big names a lot mm. and sort of forget about our other guys which just in the end hurts Parfit was amazing I thought in the wet like his his handling of the footy mm. like he wears Jimmy Bartel's number and I remember how how good a wet weather footballer mm. Bartel was doing like, the number proud oh, this year yeah. so good um, so you you were talking about earlier that you guys felt watching it that Geelong were kind of controlling a lot of the game, yeah, and statistically, we, were. we we got the edge in most most of the the certainly the the big stats that they tend to to send out. Yeah, um, the whole. What do you think was it? Was it a lack of? Was it sort of just that lack of bearing the teeth, in terms of taking the opportunities because we were playing a more controlling because we didn't want them to control the pace. Do you think that just took the teeth out of our our upper end a little bit? I just, I just felt we never. Able to just get there, get yeah. that full control. The dogs are always just there. Yeah. Whenever we got a couple of goals, they always just managed to snare a couple back mm. on us. But yeah, this felt like it was it was always just teetering mm. on that edge of would John just get out the blocks and pile on a whole heap of goals and really don't demoralise the dogs. But the dogs mm. just there was working class specific, specifically. I feel like it was around the third quarter. I feel like. In our text chain and that, yeah. we were saying that it looked like the cats should be able to put it out, mm. put it the out beyond stuffed. it now. Yeah, and I and I said I was like I think we've given I worry that we've given them too much air mm. to come back now, and they did. They yeah. <laughs> they came back in hard, like not that yeah. we because we had no score cushion no. at any point. That was my I guess my problem. The the like not problem, but that was when we were sort of talking. I was like going to me there was this large. Phase and I feel like you're right. It was in the third quarter, where it was like it felt like we were putting the game away. It felt like we yeah. gained an ascendancy, mm. but then you looked up and it was only two points at mm. the three quarter time break, and it kind of felt like when they came out 
hard in the last quarter, you kind of went, oh, shit. Mm. Like, like we, I think I said to you, it feels like we missed our opportunity yeah, yeah, to yeah. put it away. But I really felt like there were, from like the second half, second part of the second quarter through to, you know, across the third quarter, I thought we, we, we had the better of it for long mm. stretches. But it was like, they were just doing this thing where they'd get it in once and kick a goal. Yeah. They, were, they were more efficient, but it wasn't our kicking efficiency necessarily. No, no. And that's, that's what that, I, feel, I feel like it was largely whatever they, whatever tactics they had to try and nullify the big three seemed to be... Because mm. there were so many times when the ball was delivered in mm. and we didn't get a mark out mm. of it. Yeah. I feel like they, um, they weren't afraid to not get the mark in their forward 50. I feel like they... They knew we wanted to get the marks in our support 50 because as soon as we get the mark inside the 50, Cameron, Rowan, Rowan's always going to kick a goal. Nearly at this time, he's, the way he's kicking and Hawkins, he can always back. I feel like they, it didn't really bother them if they dropped it because they knew they had mm. talent down there that could scrap it out. Mm. I felt they were, they were more happy to play that more scrappy, sloppy arm wrestle of a game mm. where the Cats, we sort of wanted more of that. Mark control, um, kicking, which is, we are known for. That, that's what they yeah. like to do. But we have shown that we can we can play the other mm. way. Do yeah. you think it was a tactical thing of the cats not thinking that although we can play a dominant style of football to put to step up that gear when we have to? Do you think that the 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 coaching rooms thought that the dogs run and gun mm. pace would beat out? Like a rock, paper, scissors thing. So maybe yeah. our control will I beat think, their pace, but their pace would beat our pace. So we could kick more goals, but let through more. I think that was a thing to do with last year's finals. So mm. That's what we tried to do against the Tigers. Mm. And in the, in the end, we all know what happens there. Their pace mm. and their run beat us. So yeah. I think it was sort of that thing of, well, it didn't work that time. Chances are it's not going to work against a team that plays pretty similar to yeah. the Tigers. Yeah, you just you you just you, trying, if, yeah. if that was if the control is the is the aim of the game, you would think we would have been a bit more. Well, you would hope you would think we would hope that we would be more efficient with our dis- deliveries inside fifty. That it would be kind of more like how the dogs ended yeah. up getting the result, like a kick in goal. Maybe not get another kick in there for a few minutes, but when you do goal, goal. like yeah. So do you think that's kind of was my overall question? Why we didn't get why we felt like we controlled it for a large portion of it, but didn't quite get it. Do you think it's more... I think it's more the dogs than, than the cats. Yeah. I do think that I would give more the credit there to the dogs, that they were stopping... That wasn't part of the plan to to be that inefficient inside no. the forward 50. Was, yeah, that's, that's why the dogs' defence were able to work together really well. Mm. And if the ball was going to one player... Well, they always they always seem to be double teaming. Up. I yeah. thought there were a few times where, um, and particularly in the first half, where Cats players looked like they hadn't quite adjusted to the speed of how you have to play in the wet. Mm. Like, there were times where I felt like Hawkins... Hawkins also looked like he was getting really frustrated. Yeah. Mm. And I wonder if that was just a result or if that was something that the dogs were trying to do. Yeah. Like, just... Just, just annoy him because he's such a confidence man. Because <laughs> it was so, one I remember Cameron went to snap and he kind of double clutched it. He went to snap oh, and then actually snapped it. Like mm. 
there was a few times, I guess, where Cats players in previous weeks inside the forward 50 would have just thrown it onto the boot mm-hmm. and had a shot for goal. But they kind of overthought it. Yeah. Then I thought in the, in the second half, there was a moment, I think it was Brad Close, you know, the ball bounced and he just soccer kick just to, to clear it inside the forward yeah. 50. Yeah. I think a stoppage form and we got a goal or something out of it. And I remember saying to Johnny, like, that's kind of how we're going to have to yeah. play it. Well, that's how we got way. the last goal. Yeah. yeah. Sel- Selwood the, just, just yeah, did the old Wayne Hans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just whacked it forward. And there was, the, I watched that, the last, the play, like the minute surrounding that play, the amount of Cats players that touched the ball yeah. in that minute. It wasn't just like a grab it out of defence, run it no. up, hand pass, hand pass, goal. No. It was it was half the team. Yeah. Later, t- yeah. later tackle or um, just spoiled or tapped it or hand passed or kicked it. No, just I just thought got it to next gear that they mm. needed to get to. Yeah, it and and that's that Hawthorne game where yeah. Hawkins ended up kicking. Selwood was involved in that yeah. passage. Mm. And I do wonder if that what we did at the end didn't happen because we didn't feel like we needed it. Mm. Or were we only were we trying to do that and couldn't earlier, mm. and we could only do it then because the dogs were starting to get gassed. <laughs> it yes. could just be me, like it could have just been out. It, it was just a vibe on the night too, I guess, yes. for me, where I was like, I feel like, you know, we we've got the opportunity to put this away, yeah. and I, there was maybe it was an intangible thing or something. There was mm. just a few moments where I was like. And it, it is a credit to the dogs because every time we got a goal that I thought, well, that'll break them. Mm. They got one straight back yeah. in 60 seconds kind of thing. And we were like, yeah, okay. and I, I did. it kind of reminded me a bit of the Port game in terms of John and I were talking about the mistakes that the Cats were ma- making. And I don't think errors or mistakes was the right word, but it's kind of that more that thing you're talking about, Jake, where you could just see they weren't locked in. It wasn't mm. It wasn't like second nature. They weren't operating on instinct. Mm. It, it was kind of... You, like, you could see the thought process yeah. every time they were yeah. doing something. It was like the ball's wet. Or yeah. That part of the ground's a bit slippery than this part of the ground. Got to be careful there. It was just that... It's, it, they, seemed, they seemed very in their own heads yeah. about it. Like thinking everything through too much to the point where it was like there was a little bit of input lag. Mm. They weren't necessarily yeah. doing the wrong thing. It was maybe just like not even a second... Yeah. Too late, or too early, or too far, or too short. Like, and then you saw that last, last play, the last minute, where mm. you could just see that was all gone. It was just we got to get it down there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when they did that, it went perfectly. Yeah, and oh, I do, I do, I. Oh, yeah. I mean, screwed up, but I mean, perfect football, not not perfect possessions and yeah. disposals, but like a perfect moment of football. And I do wonder if that was because they finally woke up, or is it that they were. Again, because of the control, were they not doing those things because they were trying to control it and they just didn't quite have that thing that we've been talking about in past weeks where they can just keep shifting the gear, Mm. go insanely high intensity, kick a bag of goals, lock them down again. Maybe the dogs weren't letting them, maybe they couldn't, lack of crowd, the wet, I don't know. (laughs) I was going to say, so many factors and like it's hard to control a game in the wet because things go weird. Someone takes doesn't take a mark that they would normally take mm. because it skids out of their hands. And I think, too, that the Dogs are a really good team. Mm. Like, I think mm. that's a thing. Like, the, 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 like you said, the whole finals-like atmosphere of the match. Like, I think you just, just separate this game on its own and go, it's probably one of the best games of footy that's been played this year. Maybe not in terms of, like overall quality but then like skill or like the like in there's no like goal of the year goals yeah. or anything like that nah. but then Gary ex- Rowan's goal <laughs> Gary Rowan and, and credit nah. to him Josh Bruce 
Yeah, that, that goal was a good on goal. the run yep. when he and he and Stewart were racing for it, and, mm. and Stewart fell, and, and um, Bruce nailed it from from that same Gary Rowan pocket kind of thing. But like, I guess in terms of the the level of execution in the wet was was pretty handy mm. from 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 the players. Like there was some. It's definitely the slipperiest. I've seen a game for two squads missing maybe not missing superstars but missing like Mm. incredible vital incredibly vital parts of the of their squads from previous games Mm. on a on a clear on a clear day with a full crowd and full full compliments on both sides um Mm. yeah it would be a really interesting game well I think too like the thing that thing that I was really happy with um Disposal efficiency for the cats was still seventy five percent. It's pretty good in the wet, which That's is good. about our season average. The dogs were seventy three point eight, so they'd probably be happy with that too. It's does good percentage. Well, that's, what, that's, that's that yeah. I guess that's why I, I maybe discredited the wet a lot in talking about why the mm. big three were down. And maybe it was because it didn't feel like a wet game. Like it wasn't. There wasn't players on the ground all the time. There was no skidding, or no. there wasn't even like dropped marks. Like no one really dropped mm. a mark they should have taken. And the marks, like the team total marks, we got into this with, um, with the the big three. Um, you know, like this week they kicked five three, um, had thirty nine disposals, nine marks. I think last week they had twenty something marks between them, fifty disposals, kicked twelve goals, whatever. Um, but just on the marks, like. I think that there was about 85, 86 marks last week and a similar figure this week. So the total team marks were the same. You know what I mean? It's not like the marks for Geelong were down, mm. um, you know, which would explain why their percentage was also down. It was like about the same amount of yeah. marks. They just took a lot well, less. Of- I'd, love to, I'd love to know how many, like, we had, how many inside 50s we had. Like, what our inside 50, not attempt on goal efficiency, but how many goals per inside 50. I can work that out on my phone right now. If you want. Uh, because because <laughs> I just I do feel like I don't know if we've harped on on about it a bit, but that it I just can't quite nail down what it was that the the big three just didn't seem to be able to get really grab the yeah. game. Yeah, so I was all say, the ball. Just, <laughs> but but it, but, it, but it wasn't like sloppy. Oh, you should have taken that no. mark. But there I, was some great mark. Like Cameron took a great mark. Yeah. Um, Hawkins took some good marks. Gary Rowan got some great marks. Haw- as Hawkins well. was probably the only one that maybe didn't take marks. I thought he only I had one for the night. Yeah, there yeah. was some that other times I thought he like, and that maybe was more the wet. Like there were some mm. times when he like misjudged it. Maybe he was sliding in the in the wet a little bit because he seemed to be too far forward for the ball coming at him, and it would go yeah. over his head and out of bounds. And I think Rowan had five, and Cameron had three. Three marks, so there clearly was an effort to shut down, which, which makes sense too, though, because Rowan isn't your traditional market above your head, no. tall forward. You know, he, he reminds me in some ways um, a little bit of like when Stevie J used to play up in the forward fifty, not mm. an exact like for like, but Stevie J took a lot of marks, but it was on the chest, but on he, the lead, and he and he is a pretty consistent mark, yeah. yeah. Even above his head when he has to, but like there was lots of times when it was like packs up there, and you could see him. You could see he just because he's he's probably my favorite player. I'm always looking at. You could see he Mm. had, like he was going for it, but there was just like, it was like he was it was just packed out by 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 blue shirts usually. So the cats had a goal every four point four inside fifties. 
Okay. So what's that? I mean, that's not bad. That's no, not no. bad by any stretch. Um, that's pretty. That's handy. Yeah. I wonder what it is. Don't don't have to work all that now. But I wonder what it is compared to previous weeks, mm, yeah. and what it would be compared to the dogs. But anyway, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting game when we when we inevitably play them again. Yeah, in the finals. In the finals. In the finals. I mean finals. <laughs> yeah, um, the dogs are well. Yeah, the dogs are about the same. They had about four points. Okay, four, I felt like they were way more way more efficient, but. Yeah. And it could depend too on halves. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it felt like particularly in the third and f- like the third quarter that the dogs seemed to get a goal every time they went inside 50. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like they didn't go inside a lot. You know, I, I, I felt like the dogs had a lot of entries inside 50 early in the game. It felt like Geelong overthought things. It was a Tommy Stewart turnover early that I think yeah. led to a goal. And it was like the Cats just had to switch back into that mode of let's not overcook it mm. kind of thing. Let's not yeah. over-finesse it, I guess. Yeah, in the yeah there's a couple of turnovers from, from goal kick-outs and mm. stuff. Um, Very uncat-like stuff to do. I'd love to, I'd love to just give a commendation to the, uh, the score review. Man, they were quick. Oh, yeah. Man. That's, That's how it Thank eh? God. It was like, no, like, eh, eh, scrubbing back, scrubbing forward. Like, scrubbing. Yeah. It, was, it was like 20 seconds yeah. and they'd, they'd, they'd so made a call. But there is one thing I'm, which they would get rid of is so goal umpire doesn't call it and it shouldn't be he should, it should just be yep he's called a touched and every time he said it was touched it was touched and every time he said it was a goal it was goal I don't understand how a field umpire could come and go oh we need to review that although we would have been robbed a goal if that was the case because the goal umpire was the one that no he called goal on Brad on who oh, was the field house. umpire that called the field umpire Umpire called. Well, surely if it's touched from the Stuart one. Surely if it's touched from the man on the mark, though, if they were going with umpire's call, surely the field umpire near the man on the mark would be the. Surely he would overrule the goal umpire. If it's touched on the line, obviously oh, it's goal yeah. umpire. But if it's the goal, because yeah, he was the one standing right there. It was that one. If, if was, there was another one. The Stuart one was referred that that Stuart dived and touched. Yeah, that's the goal umpire. Just was touched. Yeah, and he called touched. Yes. I, I think there was a couple of times when the, the field umpire did come in and overrule it. Um, I, and I don't really, really know mark, why. As long like... as they operate at that speed, I don't yeah. care if they review every goal. No. You know what I mean? Like, as in, if they want to... Re- like, I think you should be reviewing it upstairs. Mm. Every goal should be reviewed. And you should look yeah, for something. Because if, if they weren't, that for sure, that one that Caleb Daniels supposedly touched would be would have been called touch. Because he was adamant, that umpire. Mm. Like, before yeah. the ball had even... Travelled halfway to the goal, he was like running in, tapping his hand, going, yeah. touch ball, touch ball. Mm. Um, didn't get anywhere near. No, no, it was bizarre. You, it you was. swore he heard a sound. Yeah. Even the, like, the commentators were even saying, like, Caleb Daniel had no reaction. And all the dogs, it's a pretty, it's like, a pretty oh, big yeah. sign when, when the guy on the mark doesn't even call, like, no. yeah, yeah, it was me, yeah, I touched yeah. it. No, you see the players turning around going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even when like, they're four foot away from it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they saw all the dogs players go, all right, back to the centre, yeah. reset. Yeah, that was a weird that's moment. So I wonder awesome. what he heard. <laughs> a pigeon flew into one of the lights. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want cu- I've got a couple little points. One, my boy, Tommy Stewart. Oh, the game. Um, I'm sure we'll get there in the votes. Yeah, yeah, or I will leave it. I'll Sorry. leave it, I will, I'll leave it. Um, Tim and just that's and and I really wanted. I guess we've talked about Gary Rowan. I I was nervous, but I thought there's no other person you'd want. I don't know if you watched any of the crowd angles of the goal. No, I was. Oh I did watch his 
two goals mm. on the night. Um, I think it was on Channel Seven or on one of the after shows after he'd left and shot his first goal and then his the second goal, and they're both like identical. Mm. Like you look mm. at his face and there's no difference in the way he's oh. looking at the ball, the, the goals. In. It's just yeah. there, and it's like far oh, out. Yeah, it's pretty good when you can't tell which ones which. And he, only, he definitely what I could tell was there's a bit of grass on his <laughs> underneath his eye. Yeah. And I was like, that's the second one. Well, Apart from that, it was just like a, yeah, a, a telling thing. Life. I can't remember who it was someone on on the broadcast, or maybe even being the guys in the armchair experts when I watched it, mentioning how he definitely played for time to get the goal after the siren. Yeah. <laughs> that he didn't. That a lot of like there's not a sign of a good or a bad player, but just a sign of a different mentality that some players, knowing they're that close, would run in quick and yeah. try and get it closer and that guy can kick it on the siren. Yeah. But he took all his time yeah. and hoped and that waited. the siren would go off while he was waiting. No, you saw him. And he it did. And he didn't, he didn't go, fuck. No. Yeah. He kind of went, all right, and just well, that straight. Well, that's up. like um, the, with the Hawkins one back against Hawthorne in 2012 or whatever it was. Mm. You know, he took the mark and everyone instantly told him. But I, he definitely would have had like... 10, 12 seconds in which mm. he could have passed the ball. 10 seconds. Mm. But they told him to let it go down. I think they're, particularly in this Cats team at the moment, there's such a trust in the execution. Uh, uh, like mm. a, 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 Amongst that team, I still think that there was a new level of trust developed in within the team over the COVID hub mm. period. I think yeah. spending all that time around each other. Because you see on the you know, the after show where they were saying, oh, Tom Stewart, you know, oh, did he have a great game? He had four goals kicked against him. I just think there's a trust that we know the upside of Tom Stewart taking those marks. I'm just going to trust that someone else is going to cover that man. Someone else is going to take that and ultimately come out with the four points. Um, I've got a rant. I've got a rant. I've got a rant. And I want your, your perspectives on this. And that was at the end of the game. Siren goes, Geelong crowd goes ballistic. Chris Scott hugs Matthew Scala. Like, no, Scott is... Probably my favourite part of Pratt from the Gary Brown goal was seeing Chris, Chris Scott's reaction. Yeah. Does, doesn't like, often let loose like that. Let, but why not? And like, I, more coaches should do that, especially tight, tough games. The mm. goal of the siren, like, what coach wouldn't mm. go for? If you didn't go celebrate like that, um, then are you really invested in that team as a coach? Well, this is my, my, my rant and my point, and maybe it's a discussion point you guys have stuff to add to. Um, but, like, so they, they keep the goal, hugs Matthew Scarlett, looks like, in a way, it looks like they've won a grand final or one, mm. you know, he's fist pumping, he's banging on the glass, mm. you know, with the fans on the yeah. other side, mm. and he's like shouting at the fans and geeing them up and stuff. And, you know, I saw someone comment on Facebook oh it's my tool of the week or something like that tool performance and people like there was a lot of that sort of shit and like I think what you're saying Johnny you know more coaches should do it this is my rant I thought about this driving home the other night and I guess two parts to it one is how lucky we are to watch to be Geelong fans at this time in history like the whole history of the club and we get to be born now and I know they haven't won a premiership since his first year but we've won more games than anybody else in mm. the 2000s. Like, two decades. And to still have the hunger to be down, like, they could have given up. Joel Selwood doesn't have to dive 
into the grass in the mud to belt the ball forward to try and win a home and away game like that we said maybe there's not that much riding on it there's a lot riding on it every week for them so we're privileged to live at this time watching one of the greatest Geelong teams ever we've sort of seen two eras Mm. in a way and that to me plays into the second part of this rant which is I don't think that there's another coach that week to week year to year is under as much fucking pressure as Chris Scott because he's taken over from Bomber Thompson who won two he's always you know referred to as oh is he as good as Bomber is he as good as such and such he's only won the one he's had great teams Chris Scott took over at the hardest time to take over yeah great you get to take over a premiership team you've got to be the one that chops club legends mm-hmm. from the list you've got to see out Bar- Bartel Chapman uh, Enright all those guys who were Johnson yeah, moved on or moved Mooney. into early retirement. Mooney not selected for yeah. 2011. Like, you... So, like, I thought about all this on the way home of, like, that response. And then... No one is under that much pressure. No, but because if they win, it's like, oh, well, they won. Geelong are meant to win. And if mm. they lose, the sky is falling and, oh, Geelong are soft and they get knocked over. I... But- he deserves that. Uh, because no one coaches under as much pressure as Chris Scott, in my opinion. I don't think anyone else... Well, not for a su- sustained think... period. Buckley no. was in a lot of pressure. And yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Thing that that thing Chris Scott you... had to do was sustain this um, yeah. talent, uh, this um, success with whole new talent mm. and, and it... not have the luxury of getting high-end draft picks. He had to use the players that were given um, seven walls and mm. all that found and you know, like, I think it was his second year, he blooded the most amount of young talent, young mm-hmm. players in the AFL. Like, it was only behind Gold Coast mm. that he played the most young players. Had, had to coach a Geelong team, Sands and Ablett, yeah. for, <laughs> for a good period of time there. Like, yeah. The amount of work he's had to do just to keep this team successful and missed finals once. Yeah, I think we've talked talked about it before, and we don't want to turn on Aaron either. But I do think that the the Geelong faithful can be a bit, I wouldn't say fickle, because they're always fans of the of the side. Mm. But they they can be being a one a one team town. Mm. It seems like they they expect him to shit golden eggs every week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he can't. Well, and he yeah. has, and they're yeah. still happy. Well, that's but what I mean. We can't do it every week, but he still manages to. They get almost the best. do it every week. Yeah. Yeah. They've almost done it every week for, for 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 the whole decade that he's been in charge, yeah. and that's what I sometimes think. Like, I've stopped reading a lot of stuff mm. online because people are never happy. No. He, he, like, if they they win against Port the other night, and it was, wow, you know, why didn't Narkel play? Mm. Why didn't get yeah, like you're following the like. We've won more than anyone else for two decades. We've won three premierships, and one of them was with him, and he took us to another one last year and ran into a really good Richmond team. And I think maybe it's an off-season discussion topic or something for a whole podcast, but it made me really think about... It's a horrible thing to imagine, but imagine if this team... Imagine if, if, just say, horrible scenario, Scott doesn't win another premiership in his time at Geelong. Say he coaches another five, ten years at Geelong... And say they never get over the line again. This team won't be remembered as one of the great teams. And that to me is really sad. Yeah. And I think there's lots of teams as I've thought about it. Like, to me, you don't have to have won a premiership to be great. 
But in order to be remembered as great, you have to have won a premiership. Because think about the Dogs teams of the mid-2000s, you know, sort of that 20, 2008 to 2010. There was a side there where, like, the Dogs seemed to be in prelim finals every year. And yeah. they ran into us, they ran into Collingwood, St Kilda. Um, you know, I think there's, there's other teams out there that you can think of. Collingwood is a good example. Of, they were a great team that yeah. just happened to lose to Geelong in a bunch of finals and a grand final. That if not for that, might have had three or four. I just it, Port Adelaide of the early two thousands ran into Brisbane. Um, no, they won that one. Not, then, well, then, but, but they finished on top of the ladder like three years in a row, yeah, sort of thing. And, yeah, and, and then they they finally got over. And five then five or six, and then they yeah. came back and ran into a pretty sorry hot cast team. Not mm. to bring up another Jake rant into and 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 ingrain it into the same rant, <laughs> but you often hear that yeah they. Chris Scott can't coach in finals that the finals is where they fall down we never get any home finals either yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's probably worth worth mentioning that we like, he's always coaching away for the mm. for, for the final um, so yeah like even technically technically no one gets a home final mm. on the board right but it's always at someone's home yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I think about that sometimes, you know, they said Joel Selwood, you know, he's won X amount of games at Kadinia Park, it's the most home wins out of it, mm. whatever. I sometimes think, holy crap, imagine if they actually played 11 home games. Yeah. You know, what would their record over that time look like? Because we don't lose a lot down there. I'd... Yeah, anyway, there was just a lot of dickheads out and about. Um, oh, it always is. And it's, but it made me I think, think that's of that rant. that comes with success. Mm. Yeah. But he ended up not and a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people don't like Chris Scott. I don't know why. Like, from yeah, from both sides, like yeah. from both sides of the fence, like people saying, oh, my tool of the week. I can understand that. I felt that way about Tom Papley when he kicked the goal against us yeah. um, from Sydney, but I don't actually care about him. But, no, <laughs> you know, you know like the, that when like, Richmond beat us in the grand final. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, guy, the, guy, the guys, bit, I hate the, team, the other team when they're bloody singing their song. Yeah. So I can kind of understand it, but in general, Chris There's Scott. There's only one team that... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I admire sorry no I was going to say I'm a big fan of Chris Scott like it's, yeah. you know it's been really Huge good this, this year sitting down watching it's probably the first year that I've watched the game consistently with Loz as well yeah. Loz is getting really into it uh, and for both of us Chris Scott's as much of a draw card as the players on the team like mm-hmm. we love seeing what he's what he like what he's doing up in the box when it cuts yeah. to him we loved it when he's celebrating at the end like yeah. I don't know I feel like sometimes coaches can be an afterthought and, um, Especially when it's going well. Kane Corns, yeah. Got into Cat's Good Book. Oh, oh Kane! Again. I have to have another award. Yeah. Kane um, Corns, legend of the week. <laughs> and this he, week it's Kane Corns! Backing up Chris Scott so he couldn't believe people were giving him strife for soccer run like that. He said, bloody bring it on. More coaches it's mm. a, should be doing that. It's a damned if you do and damned if you don't. If they uh, win, they should have won. If they lose, how did they not win? And if he sell- celebrates... Well, it's when he did, when he doesn't he... celebrate, I remember him getting getting yeah. pinged by the fans all the time because he's oh, he seems emotionless yeah. and yeah. detached and, yeah. and but, well, I don't know. I think I think he takes it all very seriously, can, and that's yeah, why I like it. That's why I like it. it when he celebrates is because he doesn't do it all the time. Mm. He's not always out there being a, being a larrikin. Perfect cheering on top of that cake of Chris Scott celebrating, but it's also a player that he really. Yeah, loves mm. got the goal that one in the game. So I think yeah, seeing one of your favourite players kick your team's winning goal in a really tough game. Yeah, 
And I, did, I didn't know he does really seem to champion Gary yeah. Rowan, and I didn't really know that until I became such a Gary Rowan fan. And sort of, you know. I don't think anyone really knew until this year. Yeah. There's a, there's a, um, I don't know why it keeps happening to me. <laughs> Keep picking players at random and then they start playing. <laughs> and there's Andrew a... Simons. Yeah. I remember the only game, my first ever live game of cricket, went to see um, the, was it Boxing Day? Yeah, Boxing Day. It was the Boxing Day test. My uncle, who was a big fan of cricket and me, was had no idea about cricket. And it's like, are you looking forward to it? And I was like, I just like that Andrew Simons guy. I'm looking forward to seeing him bat. And my uncle went, don't blink. And then he hit a fucking 150. He hit 150. <laughs> and then he went on a really good run after yeah. that. Um, yeah, he was solid. And then he was not so solid. <laughs> but for a while, no, he got pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, he got pretty solid. <laughs> that, that brings up a good point, though, that like how his career blossomed after that, his batting. I think it's moments like this, I think that's why Chris Scott gets so hyped up about this. It's moments like this that... Like, it's not going to guarantee anything, but it's times like that that players like, you know, the young guys in the team, Brad Close is a good example. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. Radigalia is a young guy. Narkel, Parfit. Where they start believing that they can't be beaten, Mm. which is what the great... Henry seems to be... Henry seems to have that belief at the moment. And great teams, that's what they do. Richmond defence... You know, you can just tell. Mm. No matter what happens, they just look like, yeah, I mean, we're going to get this out of our defence. Because they didn't give up. There's yeah. 40 seconds on the clock, and it's still down in our half. And even, remember, too, we got it down there, and it was fisted away, it and it back came again. back in. Yeah. Like, all the greatest teams never feel like they're out of it. Mm. And so I feel like that. there's so many things that probably went into that for Chris Scott. But I can imagine if I was a coach being thinking... That's a massive tick mm. because at home, in the wet, small crowd, you know, COVID limitations, we've just, you know, been to Port A lot Adelaide. of negative, negativity around the fact that there is lockdown, that, yeah. it is, that we didn't move, yeah. like, a lot of pressure. Injuries, mm. yeah. you know, you lose Duncan, you lose um, Henderson. Henderson. And the second place team. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and you pull out that, you pull out a win. Um, I think. I think he's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I think that's why there's so many reasons, but that was why. And we're having, all, all the wins we're having at the moment tick off different things in the mm. box. They tick off the belief right to yep. the end. They've ticked off a couple of professional wins where we haven't yep. maybe played our best, but we've just got the job done. I'm not going to lie. I'd love to see it come out and smash someone. Yeah. I'd love another dominant performance. Yeah. Yep. You know, I feel like we might be absolutely knackered if every game from now until the finals is a professional <laughs> is a professional it's win or a it. kick after the siren. But it's still good to see. It's good to know yeah. that your team is being tested mm. and not cracking. Yeah. I'd be way more worried if we were coasting. No, oh, yes. if, yeah. we if we were coming into the finals on top of 40-point wins, 30-point wins every time. And this season for us still probably has another dip mm. in the run home. You know, what are we, week 14? Yeah, week 14. We're 15 now, so what's that? We've got eight games left in our season. Um, or maybe even more. We've still got... We're 10 and 3, so we've got nine. Games. We've got nine some games. tough games. So it's going to be... And, I th- and it, will, it will get to the point where some players will be rested. Yeah. I reckon. Well, Higgins was meant to be arrested. Yeah, yeah. Like he needs, like he, he would definitely need a rest. Guthrie, um, Guthrie played well, but he seemed a little quiet. He might, he might sit out 
a game at some point if yeah. if he, if we if it's not a vital yeah. game if we're like if if we're secured in the four yeah. or whatever like that's one of those things like I think it'd be interesting if they could sit out Seld but I don't think Seld would no would do allow it. that the thing with Higgins, like, nah, I'm playing if he can play if Seld can play thought he was going to get forced to sit out for a couple of weeks is it, oh, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that <laughs> murdered someone didn't he yeah um, <laughs> Higgins jumped both footed onto someone's shoe that's yeah. right didn't he get a sledgehammer as well <laughs> yeah Propped yeah, it up on two chunks of wood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like full misery on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's like put on a shovel in his eye. Put, put on a Kathy Bates mask and got the sledgehammer. <laughs> you, can all, you can always tell an ex Hawthorne player. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, that that <laughs> the circumcision marks around the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to votes, eh? Will we do some votes? Let's you guys go got your players? Play Except for Smith. The other ones. Yeah, the other ones. Except Smith. He, that's because he came to a team that he welcomed him And he away. seems like he was always a Cats man. Yeah. He just seems like he fits. Yeah, he never he really got, felt like a horse. No. Got the got the grin like a like the Cheshire, Cheshire cat. He does. Jumped up into the st- into yeah. the into the into the bleachers to oh, grab the yeah, ball. Like yeah. Had a little wave at the crowd. Oh absolutely. It's he's at home. home. It's he's, good. He's it's returned good to see home. him winning games for the cats yeah. again. Higo, I was just going to say too. Higo. 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 Higgsy. Higgsy. Higgins, important signing from that perspective. Like, Duncan goes out, you've got an experienced mm. midfielder to bring in. Like I was saying I thought someone, he played a really good game. Well, he, and two, like, if he's not that player, then are you bringing in Jordan Clark yeah, or someone who, who some people will say, well, he should be playing. To me, Jordan Clark hasn't shown enough consistency mm. to warrant the selection. Like, he had a... I think he's great got, first year when he yeah. first came into the scene. He's really good, and mm. I think that expectation got the better of him the next year, and sort of that lull mm. hit him, and he's like, oh, yeah. "This is AFL." I, can't. I, th- I think he's I'm got. I think be... he's got great potential. I don't know yeah. if it's a belief thing or or what, but it mm. just. I mean, to be fair, he was playing too when the Cats hadn't quite found yeah, their feet strong. this yeah. season. It'd be interesting to see him come into this side yes. now, where we're at. Yeah. Um. But I also wouldn't be terribly shocked if he goes so no, West yeah. Coast. Oh, Frio. Is, is, is yeah, Frio, is it? Frio, yeah. Some, someone's yeah, Chris snapping at him. came out today and said, yeah, he understands why, but why other teams are interested. He said it'd be stupid if other teams weren't interested in players yeah. that are from their state. He said that there is a spot here for him. He's just got to work on it and break into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's, he's hoping he's... That's good. Well, it's good, it's good he's that he's, he's still getting... Like he's still in the conversation. Yeah, I think um yeah Scott said he's pretty confident. He reckons he will sign back because he also seems like a cat's man. Yeah, to he me does. he yeah. seems like yeah you know, as I said he hasn't quite tapped his full potential, but he just he just has that feeling of it of someone that should be playing at the cats. And yes. and I like that Chris Scott. While you can encourage someone, you're also not offering selection as a method of keeping someone in your squad. Yeah, no. you know what I mean. It's yeah. like you still have. It, to and he's it. not he's not dangling someone's grave over him like, wow, such and such is going to retire. Just hang, <laughs> yeah, around, so hang around. There's none of that. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, it's like, just earn it, son. Earn it. All right, and that's oh sorry, how it should be. Like you're playing, you it's your job. Yeah, you've got to earn, especially in a high, highly professional game where there's only 22 um, positions each week. Bloody oath. It's, it's going to be tough to break in, especially a team that's set and pretty solid as the Cats are. 
good to see our podcast has been so much shorter now that we split it into two. <laughs> 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 I know, I was going to say, this, <laughs> I like this has gone on <laughs> just at about an hour ten. I haven't even played um, the halftime horse yet. No. All right, so let's get into the votes let's and get into make it snappy. Wheel in the halftime horse. Yeah. <laughs> horse was and, that? And then I'll play the outro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll just rip through my votes very quick, very quickly. Uh, no big surprise here. One vote to me for Gary Rowan, the match winner. Two votes for Tommy Stewart, uh, and three votes for Joel Selwood. There nice. you go. One, two, three. What about you, gents? I'm um, going one vote for Gary Rowan as well. Oh, I'm going. Good. I'm going to have to do this in a separate I've got, thing. Sorry. I've got the same players, just different order. Uh, Selwood, I'm giving the two votes, and uh, the man, Tommy Stewart, ten, uh, ten votes. Ten votes. <laughs> <laughs> ten votes. Just the three votes. One for each intercepted yeah. mark. The contested mark. Intercept mark? Yeah. <laughs> three to Stewart, two to Selwood. Contested marks. Well, ten contested marks. Is that what he... Or oh, was intercept marks. Intercept it was marks. Intercept, yeah, marks. intercept marks, and I think something like fifteen total intercept possessions. Yeah, so and twenty something possessions on the day, and obviously other amazing Tom mm. Stewart things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna my internet's weird, so I'm gonna have to do these manually. So, so yeah, yeah, far away, Sambo. Uh, I'm gonna go also one vote, Gary Rowan. Um, oh, Sambo. Uh, I know, I'm showing restraint not to give the three <laughs> votes just because he kicked the goal. Yeah, um, yeah you got to, like, again, I don't, I, his impact on the on the ground overall is such that I don't think I could give him the three, mm-hmm. but I couldn't, as you as you gents, couldn't ignore the the mark he did leave on that game. I'm actually going to give two to Dale House. Oh, Dale, oh, nice. Dale House is a player that, I, I wouldn't say I, I bag him out or anything, but I never, again, never give him much much mention. I don't think he's a guy he that ever good. really strives. He was a, and he was, he had a good game. He was, he, was he has, he best. has been, he has been better. He's, he's, I don't feel like he's quite nabbed his full form recently. Mm. And last night he just played out of his skin and he was involved in that score. He was yeah. the one that when the, in the final few seconds, when the Bulldogs did clear it, he let, laid a diving tackle that just, Mm, made yeah. made the player miss his kick just enough that we could intercept it. Um, he was yeah he was running he was tackling he was involved he, he had some sc- score involvement. Yeah, sure. definitely. He he played out of his absolute skin and yeah. credit where credit's due. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not a two vote performance. But that's the hard thing about the cats is they've so got hard. so because uh, Menegol hasn't got any votes. I don't see saying it was like. Like this, like so many, yeah, so many players. Henry. Anyway, I'm going to give the three to Tom Stewart because he was a gun, and nice. sometimes it felt like he was keeping us in a keeping in a game that we also felt like we kind of <laughs> controlled and should have won by more. Sometimes it felt like Tom Stewart was keeping us alive. Yeah, it was a bizarre, bizarre. Was a Did I read that it, the the lead changed eighteen times? Oh, f- thirteen. Thirteen was it? So, yeah. 13, 14 times. Tomorrow I'll read it as 21. <laughs> <laughs> um, David, um, the, the Oklahoman. Um, no, I didn't hear bloody bring out the prediction nah, spot on. Yeah, he said well, when was Two minutes it? to go. Oh, it's going to be a goal after Simon, you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Um, he did have Cola Jasney to get it. But, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> oh, man, I would have been more nervous. Oh, oh yeah, shit, he was. Oh, that. <laughs> Um, you would have just cooler. been hope, hoping for a point. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Just, just not out on the full. Yeah. For God's sake. Um, oh, because you mentioned that, though. So we've got the first goal to win a game. Selwood walks away with. Uh, so he's on thirty-nine votes. Um, Tommy Stewart jumps into second. Uh, he gets eight votes on the weekend. Um, moves to thirty. So he's nine votes behind Selwood. 
Um, and then you've got Cam Guthrie on 27 still. Uh, Gary Rowan is now equal second with Brandon Parfit. Uh, equal third. Brandon so. Parfit. Equal third. Equal yeah. fourth. Maybe it's equal fourth. Equal fourth. <laughs> yeah, God, I'm trying to do this on, just out of my head. So, yeah, anyway, you've got Selwood, Stewart, Guthrie, and then Parfit and Rowan. Um, so pretty so. happy with that top top five. I'm That's pretty yeah. happy with that. I think so as well. Very nice. Uh, will we drag the horse in? Drag, drag the horse in. Drag, yeah, where's that horse? Where's that horse? <laughs> Jesus. Shot. Oh, yeah. Impressive speakers on the old line. It is. We're going to have to move that earlier. I just realised it's it's really not half time. It was never half time. Yeah, but now it's worse because now we're doing the preview. Live before the game, so we've lost content of yeah. the end of half. Well, my so life. it's gone from being like the two third time to now it's like the one, it's like the three quarter time. But what can we call it? Just like the the, the, the break, the in, gimmick drop, or the, <laughs> the, the intermission? Intermission. If we had a sponsor, we could call it the sponsor drop. Yeah, yeah. if you want to sponsor the uh, laser horse, uh, you should. Yeah, if you want to be, if you want to be meant, like brought in and mentioned after that, mm. who wouldn't? Absolutely, who wouldn't. <laughs> we'll give you a spray. A yeah. uh, couple of little news <laughs> news items. <Remember> chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> the chap 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 chapstick. Um, Johnny's done it again. <laughs> he has indeed. We walked the line and then we fell off it and broke our necks. That that's Colin over in the producer's box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I got it. Off. Sorry, Colin. Sorry, Colin. Um, <laughs> spin that one, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, what we should do, we should use the 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 Pavley sound drop every time we swear. Bleep it out, but with him swearing. <laughs> yeah. oh. I'm fed. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> the VFLW, just give you a little VFL uh, update. Because I know you're all screaming for it. Uh, the Cats beat the Hawks. Uh, Geelong's VFLW team records its 10th win of the season. Beautiful. Keeps itself in the running for a top two finish with one round of play to go. Uh, the Cat has held on as the Hawks charged late to grab a 4 8 32 to 4 2 26 victory. Uh, Jess Foley, Maddie Boyd, Annabelle Johnson, and Olivia Fuller were four of the best for the Cats. And they now turn their attention to undefeated powerhouse ladder leader Collingwood at Victoria Park on Saturday in a top of the table clash. That's going to be a good game. Big one. Um, Lost by a point. Last so time, last yeah. Time, yeah. Uh, the, they, they definitely <laughs> lost. Yeah, they definitely lost by a point. <laughs> We're part of it, John. Yeah. We're an uh, integral part of the team. The, <laughs> <laughs> might try and get Tamara Smith on the show. Mm-hmm. Mm, try and decide if we should get her on for the live show, or maybe absolutely, maybe bring her live. Yeah, we'll we'll try and try and make something happen with Tamara Smith anyway before the end of their season, preferably before finals. Um, the VFL men's team went down to Footscray uh, at Cadinia Park. They lost to a strong Footscray side. The Dogs getting out of town with a 14-12-96 to nine nine sixty three victory. The Cats actually got out of the gate hot with four goals to one in the opening term, but the Dogs lifted and the Cats couldn't stick with them. Charlie Constable had 31 disposals, seven marks, seven tackles, 
And Jordan Clark helped himself to three goals and 25 touches. They were two of the best, along with Reese Stanley, who helped himself to 10 clearances. That loss moves the Cats to 4-2, and two, and they will clash with Brisbane coming up on Saturday. So that is your VFL update. No, you guys were super keen to get updated on your VFL stuff. Yeah, always super keen. <laughs> super keen. Super um, keen. Now, oh. we don't have a lot of stuff. We've got, got an empty sack, uh, empty mail sack. Um, Obviously not doing the preview. Yeah, not doing the preview because that's going to be done on the day. Live. 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 Live theatre. Do you guys want to do a quick wanker of the week? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do a little wanker of the week. Here we go. It sounds something like this. Absolutely <laughs> seamless new, seamless. new sound drop. Um, Johnny, gonna flick to you first for your wanker of the week. My wanker of the week is uh, was all over in AFL M news last week. Certain journalists had a few oh. things to say that I thought wasn't really needed to be said. Um, Caroline Wilson. Nice. For basically saying that everyone should be extremely pissed off that two of their players decided that they should be home with their partners with their newborn children or one who was about to give birth, saying it's not a good enough reason to go home, I mean, then what is a good enough reason? Like, seriously. Apparently nothing, really. Apparently I mean, nothing. what would we want like, to be... What else? Like, there could be many other fucking things yeah. going on in... Like, like the the mother, because she might have been struggling and might not have mm. felt comfortable with anyone else there except for the father. And um, the fa- like maybe the dad just wanted to be there, there, you know? Like, like twins. One of them had twins, and the other one was giving birth like that week or something. Yeah, something. I feel. I feel. It's I feel like, like. I feel like she was. Perhaps showing her generation there. Your generation then, gap uh, showing, Carol. <laughs> also coming out and saying she hasn't done anything wrong. She's yeah, she she doubled down, didn't she? Yeah. And basically called everyone a bunch of soft cocks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, at the end of the day, uh, it's a game of football that's played for entertainment. Yes, it was a big game for the St Kilda team, but the St Kilda bosses came out and said they talked about it, they debated it, they did all the things, and in the end they all decided it was the right thing to do for the players and the club, so... What, well, what was, what's the alternate? Joke? What's the alternative? What? Tell them Sorry, no. boys, Sorry. you got to front up for the club. Yeah, yeah. No, no, come on, you've... <laughs> your, your partner's... Man, there's something that's going on at home, well, too bad, like you're at the, here. At the end of the day, as you said, it's a, it's, it's a game of sport, yeah. it's a game, like, that's... You know, they're chasing a ball around the field. And on the other, to look at it in a different way, it's a job. Yeah. Who 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 doesn't give an employee time off when they're having a baby? Yeah. Like, mm. it's... What it's employee would go, oh, yeah, no worries, I'll come to work. Yeah. Let oh. the uh, partner struggle. Yeah. By themselves with Again, twins. in the bloody 70s, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, when, the... when she was perhaps more relevant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, and that's great to come out and say it's not apologise and doubling down that she thinks everyone should be extremely disappointed in him is just no. Well, do you know Isn't what? it funny she comes out and doubles down and yeah. uh, is, is all offended that other people got offended and expects yeah. them not to double down on being offended? Do you, do you know what's great about her doubling down? Is that she's... She proves she's an idiot? Yeah, she proves yeah. she's a fuckwit. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, you know, come out with a fake apology and now we can't roast you. Well, too bad. You're going to get yeah. roasted. You won't this is your one chance yeah. for a fake apology <laughs> and you <laughs> muffed it. Muffed you it. You muffed it, you idiot. And so she, you get Eddie McGuire wanker of the week. She even tried to, like, like justify by going, I'm the only one who was a single mother with kids, or a young mother with kids. And like, I, I don't get how that somehow now gives her authority. Yeah. And it's just a weird thing where she seemed to not only state her opinion, which would be fine but wrong, but also try to see... She was sort of trying to back it up by saying she had inside information, inside that, the, information that, that the clubs the, weren't happy. The and players weren't happy. It was, it was fans should be up in so arms. I don't see how she can double down on that when yeah. the when the organisation comes out and goes, no, it was fine. We, you know, it's what we decided on. And yeah. she still doubles. She's like, no, you're wrong. You are unhappy. You are unhappy. <laughs> I know more about why, what you feel. Why would you let two of your players go home for one to be there for the birth of your child and the one to help out? I think. Do you reckon? Sure do you reckon it's bitterness? Do you reckon it's bitterness because maybe maybe her hubby didn't do the same thing? Yeah, probably. Maybe she's. I know nothing about it, but let's cast, <laughs> let's cast some aspersions yeah. against her and her and oh, the father her, of her children. Her husband Sorry, was we'll really disappointed in. Um, <laughs> Her and didn't want to be around for his yeah. child. So, yeah, he know, was really disappointed I, I that she asked him to word. I heard, him. I went, I heard he went and played darts down yeah. at the pub with his friends while she gave birth. That's what I heard. Wow, I mean, it's an important game of darts, yeah. Sam. It is. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, and then he also had the pool tournament after that. Yeah, and the club well, would have been very upset if he'd yeah. gone home. Very upset. Very and she upset. said, "No, no, you do it. You go, you go and throw some darts and hit some pool walls." Yeah. It's uh, no, that's a worthy wanker of the week. And while while we're on it, my my wanker of the week is also from a media shitstorm. Do it. The media storm about our our our, our skipper. Oh, oh Charles yes. Salwood. Let's go there. Look, we can be Charles we, Manson. We can <laughs> we can <laughs> we can try and be uh, unbiased and level head. I mean, we don't, but we can. We, we could. can. We could. <laughs> we could. <laughs> In theory, but even by our standards. I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to see that say that maybe I'm looking at this through, uh, Ooh, white eyes. Yeah, through some some <laughs> some cat coloured glasses, but the the fucking furor over those Joel Salwood incidents is just astronomically disproportionate to the incidents themselves. The incidents, though not great, do not warrant. This kind, like they had the the furor over those has been more than the Toby Green one. Yeah, from what I've seen, from yeah. my perspective, because um, Toby Green's a shithead. There's 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 <laughs> the, 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 that is that is one fact that the, the Toby Green one was way worse, had way more potential for bodily harm. Yeah, was had way more intent, multiple offender, way off the board, multiple right? offender, and he he his his fine got. Um, lessened because with an early plea or something. What's this? Well, he knows the what's, business. What's yeah. this bull? Yeah, well, they've just got a tab for him now. Well, I think, 
I think they're early plays. They take the early play. Don't they don't that, challenge it. They don't challenge But it. what is this bullshit overall that every time someone gets fined, then it, it, it's never a full one. Why not just find them what they pay? Because yeah. even Selwood's, I'm going, getting off, off topic here, even Selwood's ones were like this much, but you only pay this much for a first offence. What the fuck's the point of that? Yeah. Why does he need to know that? That it's it's more. And and Toby McGrain's certainly not a first offence, but oh, oh it's certainly. an early plea, so you can also have a bit knocked off. And it's a Tuesday, so you can pay half price as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, play for the Giants, so yeah. the AFL's going to oh, cut yeah, you anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No worries. I don't get that shit. No. No, that doesn't make any sense. But the fact that Selwood was charged more for the second incident with the stepping on the leg than he was for the, the shoving of the of the gentleman's head is fucking ridiculous. Especially it's... when uh, you could clearly tell he was looking at the umpire. He, he I maintain he did not mean to hit him in the eye. No. Nope. And he did not mean to step on his leg. Both were accidents. Right, why? Why would you? If he meant that, on? if he meant that, he's the best actor out there. Yeah. For him to, because he genuinely looked like what? What? What, what am I stepping yeah. on here? And some, somehow people are twisting it that he looked and then stood on his leg. The opposite turn well, of events. If he really wanted to hurt him, there's two things dangling between his legs that he got started spanking. Step on that. Yeah. And, and, and look, John look, just, look, seriously. look, 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 John, John's a very particular member of the coaching staff, <laughs> the, the injure them while they're down. And look, and I don't think it's purely um, Geelong bias because the first one, I will admit he should have got a little, a bit of a fine for it that was, first one, it was, yeah. it felt like that something from 10 more, years ago. I wouldn't say it was yeah. like egregious and like, Oh my no. God, he nearly killed the guy. That's just, but it, it was kind of like, I, I don't frustration coming out of just like, yeah, yeah, and I like I don't know if he didn't know it was the man's head, if he was trying to put his shot because he also was looking up at the time calling for ball, or if he did mean it and he was pretending not to mean it. It was a bit messy, and it just kind of looked like something that I don't think really belongs in the elite level. Yeah. From my Especially opinion, though, from my opinion, so cautious about the head. The cautious about the head, but they only find him a thousand, whatever a thousand or. One thousand five hundred, but lessened because because really I don't know free. because because the grass was particularly green that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's but the second one. So anyway, short story long. My wanker of the week is in in particular, uh, former I have to former Collingwood legend. Ah, there we go. Such a legend that I had to look at the screen capture on my phone to remember his fucking name. <laughs> uh, Tony Shaw. Oh. Describing the two incidents as two of the worst things a player can do on the football field. Well, I can think take out a gun and shoot someone. No, <laughs> no, mate, no. scuff his forehead. Kicking, Fuck, Jesus his, Christ! What about kicking someone in the head with his studs? <laughs> no, accidentally stepping on someone's shins. <laughs> he went on to elaborate and say that he that Selwood could have broken his leg if he'd stood in a slightly different spot. What fucking planet are we on? <laughs> what kind of? Tin well, he's an ex-Hawthorne <laughs> player. He's what, what, brittle. Collingwood. No, oh, no, I'm talking about the guy's leg he stepped on. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Well, what does, he, what does he think the player's bones are made of? Milk. <laughs> <laughs> Aluminium foil wrapped around a fucking pool noodle. Jesus <laughs> 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 Even that, even if you stood on that, that's... That wouldn't even break. It wouldn't break. It would bend and the, the old foil would break. A fracture. We'll call yeah, it a fracture. The other thing I like... Fracture old, is uh, old foil. 
Dan's our little keyboard warriors, as they say, was like, oh, his leg was cut up and I had blood gushing I had actual me- media say that the player had to persist the game with a cut and bloodied shin. Well, where, where game, was the blood any, rule then? Any, I was going to say, any NFL game I've ever fucking watched, umpire sees a single drop of blood, he's like, you get the fuck off here and yeah. you get that fixed. But, I'm stopping I mean, the whole game. To be fair, it was it was a very brave effort by the Bulldog player to limp on and play the yeah. full rest of the match with a compound fracture and his shin bone sticking out the back of his calf. <laughs> and a, after a the finger. Joel took a machete to his... <laughs> and a finger sticking out of his eye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Joel Salad and him were inseparable for the rest of the game. It's they like, had to take him downstairs at half-time yeah, and bloody surgically remove Joel Salad's finger. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had to play the rest of the game with, with a finger in his eye. Yeah. Look, it's it, it was ridiculous. Look, like, oh. I, I, and this is why I don't think it's biased. I hundred percent think you should have got fined for the first one. The second one, I'm sure it hurt. I'm sure it was a boo boo. Yeah. And he needed a fucking bandaid. You look at he went up to the umpire going, oh, boo boo, kiss it. Yeah, make it feel better. Yeah. Where's Razor? Um, <laughs> but just this is this is an issue though. Things being blown out of proportion. Yeah. If Geelong had have lost the game, I don't think we'd be talking nah, about it as much. About it's it. fucking naysayers and little Bullshit. bitches looking for excuses and things to blame it on. To it bring was, down a player. In playing in playing local soccer, I had people stand on my shins, and no. you know what? I didn't get a broken shin. <laughs> really? Fuck. The, the, did, did he bleed and gush blood everywhere? Absolutely. The, the rest of the players nearly drowned in the geysers of blood coming out of the stud <laughs> like marks that, that had been left. Elevator scene in The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the club rooms were like a wave pool when they were trying to stem the flow. <laughs> so you back up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Joel Sands just like draws. Straight up murderer, yeah. essentially. So. I mean, to be fair, I, I, I did text you guys during the game said Salwood looks like he's out for scalps. Like he did, he did seem like he was. But that incident in particular is kind of like they felt that way about his game, and they just wanted to sl- like label one particular incident. So weird. Which was nothing. He yeah. stepped backwards and and scun his shin. He put a bit of mud on, on his shin. On? Oh, I'm shit. sorry, but I still I cannot take the AFL seriously with this stuff. Like, oh. We've all heard my specky rant. It's okay to knee someone in the back of the head as long as you're trying to get no, as long as you catch the ball. Yeah. Because it's worth uh, it then. Yeah. The uh, whole bloody match review system is utterly fucked. Yeah. Well, as far as I know, Selwood wasn't reported from the umpires, was he? No. Nah. Umpires didn't care. That was another just like review. Yeah. For God's sake, it's a contact sport. What about Tom Stewart? If he dives to 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 block a goal and gets kicked in the face. No. Yeah. No one's getting like this idea that it was. I think the idea is that oh, it was intentional. It was intentional that he stepped on him. You know, fuck off. Fuck off. It, it's just... But even if it was, how's that worse than an intentional, like, shove to the head when the guy's on the ground? It doesn't make any sense. There is no integrity to the decision-making that they're putting forwards. And you can't, as you say, Jake, put players' safety above all else, except sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It's this whole thing where the new idea of safety and all these things is in opposition to the game that people have grown to love and they don't have the balls to go all the way. 
So or they're they pussyfooting around and they're going, sometimes we will, sometimes because we won't. Because there's a reason why there's a push in the back rule. There's a reason why you're not allowed to hit high contact. Both of those things happen when you take a specky. Mm. But because it's an integral part of the game's fabric and tradition, it's like, oh, fuck, we can't touch that. But it literally contradicts other rules. How many times do you see a specky, though? How many times? Mm. I'd say someone tries to take one at least once a game. Once a game... Games are pretty long. Yeah. yeah. Maybe once a game. I would say it would average out at less than once a game, but okay. almost once a game. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's an integral part of the game. It's an integral part of the marketing mm. of the game. Yeah. And yeah. that's what they can't bear to lose. Yeah. Every time you see a fucking montage of, of AFL, it's M or W, it's it's someone trying to take a specky. It's not all the other little moments. It's goals and speckies, and they can't bear to lose that genuinely uh, valuable marketing tool. Yeah. Stick Gary think. Rowan's fucking siren goal on your marketing shit. Every year. Every year. Yeah. From now until the end of time. Next year, you're drawing off him. That's right. Well, seriously, is it? that's up to about 65, 70 likes, by the way. Nice. That's not too bad. Not, yeah, not to be sniffed at by my standards. That's what I was saying. The bloody uh, match review system is uh, totally fucked because you see some decisions where they go, right, this year we're cracking down on umpire touches. I remember one year they'd be doing that. Tom Hawkins touches umpire gets a week. Mm-hmm. Next week, three players touch umpires. Ah, oh, it's just fine. Yeah. And it's week to week, too. Yeah. You know, they concentrate on one rule one week, one rule another. It's a fucking dog's <sighs> breakfast. It's like, no, you shouldn't just concentrate on one rule. But you know what? Concentrate on all the fucking if, rules. If the AFL wants to sponsor us and bring us into the folders yeah. and official podcast, <laughs> hey, we're, we're absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Did you see that specky on the weekend? Oh, oh, oh man. which one? Which one? Which one? Oh, you gotta love the sport. Oh, oh, you gotta love the sport. Love when the big it. men also see that other ripping goal. Absolutely. The goal. You know no sport goal. like it. You know who wouldn't have bitched about his shin being stood on? Because he took a fucking Joel Sellers. Pretty much anyone else on that ground. He took a kidney shot. Blondie. Ah. Good old Pat. Absolutely. Here we're going. What the fuck was all this about? Yeah. Why, why was he getting funny? Fucking... Yeah. Oh. Didn't even notice you dumb shit. All right, we're uh, we're an hour and a half in, and it's uh, ten thirty. I reckon we might. It's going downhill. Yeah. Sam, yeah. Got, Sam got on a rant. No, no. I think the rants are great. I just, I, I don't. Our faithful listeners. That's right. They rants. they come here for a bit of faff and bullshit at the start. <laughs> Some genuine uh, analysis, somewhat one-sided analysis of the game. And then I would round, say somewhat. The, well, I'm also somewhat biased about our podcast, so yeah. I've got to say <laughs> somewhat biased about our somewhat biased podcast. And then we end it with some rants and some more bullshit. I don't have a wanker of the week, but because those two were two that I would excite, I just... You I'm, have to reload that wanker cannon. Yeah, I have to reload yeah. the wanker cannon. Um, Johnny and I will be doing a live broadcast... Whoop. Of our pre-show. Don't think Sambo will make it at this point. Uh, looking unlikely, Sam, but we'll see. Uh, and on behalf of myself and Jake, we're extremely disappointed. Yeah, that Caroline Wilson's going to be on to you. <laughs> Caroline's <laughs> going to be on to you. What reason do you have to be Ka- at home? Like, Kaz is going to be breathing down my face. on the couch watching yeah. us, doing all the hard work. Shit. Fuck. It's not like you've got two kids at home. Right. Uh-huh. Look after. So yeah, 6.50, we're thinking. Because <laughs> the game this week, Thursday, 7.20, Cats... V-Lines. V-Line? 
Cats feline. They're not feline. <laughs> I think it's yes, feline in the train. Feline. They're there due to COVID. They have to travel by train. Yeah, cats taking the coach like it's 1936. <laughs> and Caroline Wilson is still reporting. Yeah, <laughs> into her 15 years. Is that name? I've forgotten the name already. No, in um, Queensland, they probably will have to take the coach, but they have to go to Port Melbourne, get the ferry down to Tasmania, <laughs> go to New <laughs> Zealand, then go up to bloody. Papua New Guinea. <laughs> 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 Just then I thought New Zealand was the most extreme part yeah. of that. <laughs> That's right. So you thought it was going one way. Yeah. Alright, you can join Johnny and I yeah. at 6.50 this Thursday for the Cats v Lions preview show. Look, Thanks, boys. You should just come. I should, I mean, yeah. What? I should, yeah. Why, I think our listeners should be disappointed. Absolutely. I've heard, look, I've heard that Colin's not happy about it. I've heard through the channels that, that Colin and the Cats Chat Cats Bigwigs aren't happy about it. They've told me I can stay home uh, for the kids, but... Yeah. Colin's got to get his priorities straight, though. Yeah. Colin. But look, he's, an old, he's an old school man, it's yeah. Colin. He expects me to work a nine to five and let the missus do everything with the kids, just like Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> Colin's an old man in the body of a 22-year-old who sounds remarkably like Tom Patley. Tom Pat, yeah. <laughs> no relation. <laughs> Colin, Colin Patley. <laughs> Colin, Colin, Colin Crapley. Colin got Sorry, an arts, Colin. He got an arts degree and thought he'd be, you know, doing impressive stuff with his life by this stage, and instead, Colin's producing the Chaps Chat Cats. Yeah. Chapsticks. Um, that's why. You can hear his call echo down the hallways every every day. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh. Especially when he listens back on the podcast. Colin, that's just that's just what happens when he opens the coffee and sees the kind of coffee we've got in the studio. <laughs> oh fuck! Not rat droppings again. Just just echoes through his mind the uh, the high class coffee he could have had elsewhere. Go cats! Go cats! Ah oh, fuck! Oh, <laughs> my